0: Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 Ron Howard film, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of tvdads.com.
1: And I'm Chris Henry of the EA Aviation Museum in Oshkosh, Wisconsin.
0: And we've got a returning guest who is familiar to most audiences. Anybody who enjoys pure entertainment, <laughs> yes.
2: So it entertains always, me daily. <laughs> exactly. Although I, I got to work on my juggling. The, the flaming <laughs> chainsaws are starting to, to get old. Um, so I'm Hal Bryan. Airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, also known as not Kevin Bacon, yes, or Halbert, um, or Halbert. Yes, uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Rocketeer himself, Billy Campbell, for anointing me with that. So Jim's former co-host on the Rocketeer Minute, and uh, and. Uh, and we'll be doing if some we more. We've we'll be... we got some other things. Yeah, we've got some Rocketeer stuff happening. Uh, as the, At the moment we're recording this, uh, I have to gloat and say that my custom-made rocket pack is arriving on my doorstep at home, courtesy of uh, UPS, all the way from the UK. So. Oh, That's incredible. Yeah. I'm
0: picturing it in a yellow uh, duffel bag. <laughs>
2: Yes, exactly. With, you know, with Ambrose Halbert Peavy, uh, yes, <laughs> stenciled on the side. But uh, I suppose we're not here to uh, talk about the rocketeer. No, well, although we're you know rockets, space, it's a, it's relevant, right?
0: Yeah, we're we're here to talk about a, a girl named Tracy and all these people that keep annoying her with uh, beer bottles. <laughs> exactly. Here, <laughs> let me show you this.
2: So, yeah. speaking of uh, speaking of Tracy, it was interesting. I, I had a quick look at uh, at her record on IMDb. play played by an actress named Karen Martin. And as we know from our other shows, Jim, uh, IMDb is always perfect. Yes. And it never leads to an embarrassing uh, an embarrassing moment on, on episode with a guest. But I thought it was sort of charming that after Apollo 13, she did exactly one more movie. And you know what the name of that movie was?
0: Um, it wasn't Apollo 14, was it?
2: <laughs> no, it wasn't Apollo 18, which uh, okay, we, we yeah. I don't think we talk about on this show. It was Man on the Moon.
0: Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, the, uh,
2: the Andy Kaufman story with Jim Carrey. Oh, so, she's wow. typecast. So, how, yeah, okay. she is. How, she, and and Coda, P.S. She played a Rockette.
0: Wow. Okay. We have to. Tra- Chris, this, we have to track her down somehow. So Absolutely. yeah, you've got to get her on her. She, yeah. she
2: was in a space movie. Played a played a New York City rocket. Um, if uh, if if it weren't attached to my headset, I'd be dropping the mic right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wow. Well, we've got this is a minute with a lot of title cards coming up, and the first one up, of course, is uh, Bill Paxton, who's uh, playing Fred Hayes in uh, in this particular film. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we lost him uh, about a year year and a half ago from uh, from the time of this recording. Uh, Great in the in the Terminator, as you know, just he played a lot of goofball guys. I mean, he was in Weird Science as the older brother, Um, uh, you know, Chet Donnelly, and uh, everybody thinks of him. And if he's not in this movie. Uh, whining about something, he's an alien saying "Game over, man."
2: Uh, <laughs> was did he have the uh, the nuke it from orbit line in Aliens? The nuke it from orbit sure. is the only way to be sure. I think that uh, was him.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I always think of him with uh, uh, Titanic, where he was basically playing a James Cameron.
2: <laughs> or, oh, right. Or, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, um, Which I didn't know that in Titanic he was actually supposed to have a much bigger part. I, uh, there was a whole other separate part written for the daughter of the older lady and him I, uh, that I didn't know about
2: oh, oh interesting
0: uh, yeah, all I know about the daughter of the older the older lady is the uh, she's the one that wound up married to uh, James Cameron somehow she was uh, much more fascinating than uh, Linda Hamilton who was also in uh, <laughs> Terminator like Bill Paxton, so full circle. Oh yeah we'll just come back
2: around. <laughs> And I, I just saw a picture of Linda Hamilton uh, on the set of the next Terminator movie, too, yeah, wow, so apparently she's coming back, so that's interesting
0: awesome wow. or, and, or maybe of not. Course, and of course, the big uh, hBO drama Big Love, I mean, he was great in that if, if you watched if you watched Big Love, he was all over the place wow. with that film um, and you know
2: it it's funny Paxton's one of those guys that uh that i I've always generally liked him and everything he did and um and he he played a lot of versatile parts, but he was all, he was pretty much always just Bill Paxton. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, he never really looked much different. He never really sounded much different. I mean, okay, you know, Chet Donnelly and the the polygamous husband on uh, Big Love are certainly not similar characters, but somehow it's still just Bill Paxton plugged into that.
1: Yeah, he actually yeah. made me want to be a storm chaser for a long time after Twister. I, oh, did they? I? I was serious. I wanted to do it, and then I saw a tornado up close once, and I did not want to do that anymore. <laughs> he
0: was—he was great. I was up at the—I was up at the Kansas Cosmosphere a couple of years back, and he had actually narrated a, a an IMAX film about. Uh, about uh, tornadoes and I could you know I was thinking there is nobody else you'd want to listen to talking about tornadoes than Bill Paxton he just exactly he didn't say same cow in the movie but uh, he he did a great job narrating uh, this film about about tornadoes Uh, so unfortunately uh, passing away from a stroke uh, it looked like it was complications from a a heart valve after aortic surgery that he had It turns out he had rheumatic fever as a child, which had caused heart damage, and this was just kind of like undiagnosed until suddenly at the end of his life. Yeah, tragic loss. he's a great actor, and but he he left behind a really great body of work. I mean, I I think there isn't, as far as I know, there isn't a Bill Paxton movie I wouldn't watch again. Although, wait, I haven't seen Nightcrawler though. I don't know what how Nightcrawler was.
2: That's uh, that's an interesting interesting thought. I'm running down the list of things that I can think of, and.
0: Yeah. Tombstone, Predator yeah. Two. I mean, it's just it, it just had, and he was even he was even the uh, the goofball guy in True Lies. Just
2: the great, oh, right? Yeah, I forgot about. Yeah. that. I forgot he was in True Lies. He was great in that. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I'm looking at the list of, I, well, of the things I've seen, which isn't everything he he did, but certainly of the things I've seen. Yeah. And by the way, Tombstone, good,
1: uh, in my opinion, was a documentary. That's what I <laughs> pretend. Yes, exactly. And, uh, that all really happened just like
2: that. Oh. You know? okay. I may have found my exception, though, Jim. Okay. And we uh, we talked about this uh, on uh, on our old show with some, with uh, another guest, but he played Jeff Tracy in the live action Thunderbirds movie. You know, I and, I
0: am almost willing to forgive forgive the Thunderbirds yeah. if you take it as a as a kid's movie
2: you know you yeah you're right and the vehicles are still cool and everything else it was kind of a blasphemous use of a beloved property but but uh if you took that piece out of it, it it would be inoffensive at worst yeah, so.
0: <laughs> something about bad guy Gandhi that just I don't know. Yeah,
2: but, bad uh, guy Gandhi exactly.
0: We're, yeah, we're kind of <laughs> we're kind of sliding off thing. But speaking of uh, people above the card, people above the title, uh, we came up to a, another great actor who's still with us, uh, Gary Sinise, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. I mean, I think that's what everybody goes for. Um, oh sure. But he played everything from like Harry. He was Harry Truman in uh, in the movie Truman, where he won a Golden Globe award, uh, playing Ken Mattingly in this movie. And then, of course, he was always on CSI New York. Uh, one of the small things I remember from the show in CSI New York was that his wife, uh, the backstory in it was his wife died during nine eleven, and he had a balloon in his closet. And the reason that he never let go of the balloon in his closet was because that that held his wife's breath in it. And it's just like a really touching... He did a scene with a balloon, and you can never believe that somebody could act deeply with a balloon. But uh, it's just one of those unforgettable That's... things.
2: I mean, well, Tom Hanks, uh, star of this movie, did it with a volleyball. Yeah, so you, you know, go for your round objects. That's a, and yeah, that's a, that's the measure of a good actor. And yeah. of course, Gary Sinise uh, and his uh, his band frequent guests here in Oshkosh at yeah. uh, at our our air yeah. show and fly in. So we've we've gotten to see him uh, quite a few times, and uh, and a, uh, a very authentic uh, and devoted supporter of of causes around uh, around our veterans, uh, yeah. and an avid avid supporter, and very much uh, the real deal.
0: You know you see an ad I, I, I think you see a Gary Sinise movie and you you don't turn away from a from a Gary Sinise movie because he, he really is great at picking good properties I mean I think he really finds ones that he can
2: stretch right
1: you know there's one I like that probably isn't as famous as the others, but I always liked ransom that was a good movie
2: oh with uh um, oh you know, yeah he Gibson. was the detective yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he was right. the detective in
0: that yeah, yeah. that's right.
2: And, you know, I have seen, um, I would estimate, uh, 40% of everything that uh, Karen Martin ever did. <laughs> yeah, and well, that's uh, true. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, and I. Riveting. I, uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed both of those films. So.
1: I'm a fan. Oh,
2: wow. so, yeah. Wait a minute. Karen Martin.
0: Last above the title is Ed Harris. Ed Harris, gosh, he, he gets to play John Glenn and yeah. gets to play Gene Krantz. I mean, it's. It's almost like the um, uh, John Malkovich movie. <laughs> he's, he's everywhere in yeah. NASA.
2: Yeah, you know, that's such a such a funny thing because I um, obviously you know Chris is is very well acquainted with Gene Kranz. I've met him uh, maybe on two occasions. I I met John Glenn once, and uh, you know you can't imagine. It, it doesn't make any sense to think about one guy playing both parts. Really, I mean they're not wildly different, but they're they're certainly they're certainly different people, but. Until this movie came out, and Ed Harris is John Glenn. That's all he'll ever be. It's like every movie I see him, and oh, John Glenn's in this movie, yeah. And then suddenly this movie comes around, and he's <laughs> he's this terrific Gene Kranz, and I'm I'm left scratching my head. <laughs>
1: I I love the uh, uh, the story about when he went on to become, you know, he he, a lot of the a- uh, actors when it, uh, when they signed on, they got to go spend time with their counterpart, and Ed Harris was actually filming another movie and couldn't do that. So what he did, uh, at least as much time as the other actors were spending, so what he did was he hired uh, Milt Windler and Bill Reeves, who were two of Gene Kranz's uh, cohorts in Mission Control, and he actually had them go and live on the set of the movie he was filming. And then when he wasn't acting in this movie, he would sit in with them, and they would teach him what it was like to be Gene Kranz. Um And then he did get to spend some one-on-one time with Gene, and when i started filming one of the things in the movie and, and is he sitting there clicking his pen and a bunch of the flight directors were actually sort of in the you know set sort of uh, off off shot so they could see some of the filming and gene said you know that's that, that was really good but what's up with clicking the pen and before anybody can answer bill reeves answered and he said uh, you know you clicked that pen all the way to the moon and back on apollo <laughs> You know, thirteen was driving us crazy. You know, <laughs> so uh, uh, it was kind of funny that they incorporated little things like that into the movie. Wow. Well, uh, the you... Same with the vest. The white vest literally got delivered to Mission Control. It was not he did not wear it in. Uh, Marta had told him that it wouldn't be ready in time, and she was working on it right up until launch. And uh, how you see it delivered in the film was true. That it got rushed in by a coworker who was coming in. She she tossed it in the car for him, and he drove it to work.
0: Well, wow. and we are in. Uh, that's coming up in minute thirty-seven. We're actually going to be talking to the guy that played the guy that that drove it in. So, <laughs> oh, very cool! <laughs> Fantastic. Um, uh, so <clears throat> we'll, we'll have a chat with him. And um, you know,
2: as we're excuse me, Jim, as we're going through the uh, uh, the title cards here. Obviously, we we saw Tom Hanks in, in yesterday's episode. Or we saw the name rather, but then you know, seeing him in this one, it was it was really funny. It was uh, in in my mind. I was, I sort of draw these parallels between. Uh, Tom Hanks wanting to do this film and, and wanting to be Jim Lovell, and Jimmy Stewart wanting to be Charles Lindbergh in the Spirit of St. Louis, and and maybe that's artificial an artificial connection I'm making. But um, when I first heard that you know they're making this movie, it's cool. That's great. That's you know we need that kind of stories told, and Tom Hanks is involved. Great. I love Tom Hanks, but I really struggled you know picturing you know Kip from Bosom Buddies uh, <laughs> as an astronaut. The guy with I, I, the mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I just couldn't quite. <laughs> Make that uh, make that work, you know, Turner Hooch and Lovell or something. Yeah. And uh, um, but then as soon as you see him on screen, to me, the instant I see him, you know, he's he's the way he's walking around his house, just he's carrying himself, his demeanor. Yeah. He's still yeah. a nice guy. He's not. He's not an overwhelmingly swaggering uh, fighter jock. But he's but not gonna be it,
0: jumping on a piano with, uh, y- you know, <laughs> with half of FAO <laughs> Schwartz. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, I just I I just, <laughs> I just bought him right away. And, you know, in in Jimmy Stewart and as Lindbergh fought like crazy for that role. And he was uh, twice Lindbergh's age, I think even yeah. a little more than that. And and, you know, r- there was no real physical resemblance other than being kind of tall and lean. Um, but it was it was a passion project that showed in, in that effort. And and I, it, it certainly does for Hanks, for me in this film, too.
0: Oh yeah, no, for sure, and uh, you know we're watching we're watching him coming in with uh, now I I can't remember in the book, but I'm pretty sure Jim Lovell was still over at the Man Space Center on the night of the Apollo eleven uh, moon the moonwalks, but they show him coming in here with uh, with Pete Conrad, who would have been better, uh, uh, Chris I can't think of his... Name. <laughs> the guy that that played Frank Borman in From the Earth to the Moon, who looks to me more like Frank Borman than he does like uh, like Pete Conrad, but uh, we watch. We watch uh, Hanks or Borman walk in with a a case of uh, Moet and Chandon. And by the way, one, one of the things I found out in researching this movie, you actually do pronounce the T. It is Moet and Chandon because Moet oh, is really? a German name. Oh, and, it's not
2: French. Or it's not Millet. And the
0: way that they pronounce it in France is Moet. So it's Moet and Chandon. I've been saying it wrong my entire life.
2: And and, and uh, thinking you were sounding smart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so well, he, yeah.
1: So the the party that you're seeing uh, actually never happened. Um, yeah, you know, this was all just a way to tie everybody together and sort of introduce you to everybody. But yeah, the party that we're we're in right now uh, actually never happened. So,
2: Chris, my whole life is a lie. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry
1: to break it break it down. Mm-hmm. It is a very well. Uh, they said it was a very good replica of the Lovell home, though. So, but uh, but yeah, it was. Um, uh, Jim Lovell wasn't Mission Control. Um, or certainly, uh, yeah, in mission control as well. Some of the astronauts, and um, you know, I, I I don't know how long he stayed there, but he was certainly there for a large part of that. And I'm sure he was there probably for the landing. So, but yeah, I, I remember them saying specifically that this was kind of a this is a good way to introduce everybody.
0: Yeah this this would be more like a, pl- a splashdown thing cuz i it, during the missions people were very 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 busy and it, really nobody had a lot of spare time to just hang out one one of the things that came that came across me about this, the uh, the level house plan is i thought this would need very little work on one of the HTV. HGTV shows because it's already open concept. It's like you can see from one <laughs> end of the house to the other. There are no real walls, just a couple of uh, maybe sliding doors.
2: Yeah. It's got that retro mid-century modern look that yeah. you know, wasn't yeah. retro at the time.
0: Yeah, if <laughs> if you want a copper yeah. uh, a copper refrigerator and a copper uh, stove, it's just fine. We get to the title card finally, and so those are that means that everybody that you saw before the title card had really good agents that could get your name above the titles. Of course, all those guys were really big hits. And uh, had no problems, but uh, Kathleen Quinlan gets uh, gets loaded up right away and uh, uh, makes a good makes a good move there in uh, in being on the uh, uh, you know at the top of the, the top of the lineup. She was in a probably her big her biggest thing was a Golden Globe nomination for uh, Never Promise You a Rose Garden, and uh, she got a Best Supporting uh, nomination for this particular film for being for playing Marilyn Lovell. Probably closer to my heart, she was in Airport seventy seven. <laughs>
1: no awesome man. oh excellent and
0: uh she was in a doors movie um rather explicit scene in the doors movie she also now here's the other big bit of trivia with Kathleen Quinlan is she's married to Bruce Abbott who played uh Dr. Dan Kane in uh the uh sci-fi horror film reanimator so she's married to the reanimator guy oh
2: yeah yeah so she'll live forever
0: um let's see there's uh Gosh, there's so much going on in this in this film. One of the things that bothers me is the styrofoam egg crate, which I is pretty much uh, uh, asynchronous or non. What it, it is not? It is not contemporary with the rest of this film because there really weren't. I remember back those days; they were cardboard. It was all cardboard. It was really hard to. It would be a rarity to find styrofoam uh, egg crate.
2: Would you say it was an anachronism, Jim? Yes. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> now. I would suggest that uh, if anybody in 1969 is going to have a futuristic styrofoam egg crate, it's going to be an astronaut.
0: That could be it. And where's the tang? There's no tang to be found for miles. (laughs) I'm
2: not going to touch that one.
1: Well, you got to ask uh, uh, my wife was tickled because she got to ask uh, Frank Borman if he ever had astronaut ice cream. And it was kind of funny because he was like, "Oh, that stuff was awful," and then he's kind of quiet and he's like, "Well, the strawberry was okay." <laughs> <You know? laughs> she was very tickled that I know the <laughs> strawberry was okay. <laughs>
0: uh, I do like the small the the small uh, view of uh, premium saltine crackers, which I still use. I have a can of the I have a can. They no longer I have crackers in it. I have a can out in my uh, in my garage that's full of nuts and bolts that I've had for decades and i'll probably never use them i'll probably go to my grave with them but they really do hold a lot of nuts and bolts in them yeah.
1: just like the um, tin of crackers or the cookies there's this tin of, yeah uh, you know you open it up and there's never the cookies inside it's always marbles yeah does, or does, you know?
0: does anybody ever have danish butter cookies because they <laughs> yeah. all seem to be gone and they're full of like sewing thread and stuff <laughs>
2: That was always a tradition around around our house, actually, and so the odds were pretty good. If you saw one of those tins, it was still somehow involved, you know, or still used for the uh, the purpose of which it was intended. Um, except all the pretzel shaped ah. ones were gone. If I if I'd <laughs> been there, because even though they all taste the same, the pretzel shaped ones tasted a little better. Wow.
0: Well, we we go through it quickly. Going through the other uh, uh, title cards here, we've got David Andrews, who I mentioned there. He played Frank Borman in the Earth to the Moon movie from Batluz baton rouge louisiana Uh, he graduated summa cum laude from uh, louisiana state before going on to study law at duke university and earning a law degree from stanford law school after becoming a member of the california bar and practicing law for a short time he took what he called a hard right and he decided to leave the legal profession for an acting career and he's been in the uh, business for over 40 over 35 years and, uh, you know, he just he's, he's probably, I mean, most famous for uh, the rise of the machines in Tournament 8 or 3. I mean, he was the, the bad guy, uh, Robert Brewster, so <laughs> um, uh, more famous to uh, sci-fi audiences than that. Uh, Xander Berkeley, of course, being uh, the bad guy in uh, several, uh, several seasons of uh, 24 as being um, uh, Jack Bauer's boss. Um,
1: Love 24, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, he was Bernard Rose in Candyman. Um, he was in Terminator Two. He was in Gattaca. and you know, he just he he has this weird thing of being the uh, the bad guy, or not the bad guy, but the flunky, the guy that is the um, the dodge, the guy that that kind of puts stuff in their way. So here he's playing like kind of a smarmy uh, press secretary or you know, PR public affairs officer for nasa he's been in he was in a few good men he was in heat he was in air force one he was in amistad i mean this guy's been everywhere and he's just he's but he's still one of you know that guy faces just he gets into a lot of movies because apparently he's really easy to work with and people know who he is when he's on there
2: is he the rick overton of this movie
0: that could be yeah (laughs) yeah he's 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 out there um We've got, uh, uh, you see, Christian Clemenson listed on the page there. that He plays the flight surgeon. Uh, he was in United '93, the big Lebowski. Um, he's from Iowa. That's all I know about him. Brett Cullen, who we just see briefly as uh, Lovell is handing off the uh, champagne to his son. Uh, Brett Cullen passes by there in the yellow, that yellow, very 1969 shirt with the white collar, which I think I had one of those <laughs> when I was a kid, and it was a health tech <laughs> shirt and looked just like that. Probably most famous, if you watched Lost, he was one of the others. He was uh, he was Goodwin Stanhope, and uh, he was the guy oh. that infiltrated the camp of the tail section survivors.
1: Oh, I never knew so, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was married to the uh, island's therapist, Harper, and Goodwin worked at the Tempest Station and first met with Juliet Burke after being treated for a chemical burn by her. He began an affair with her, much to display with, uh, the dismay of his wife and Ben, who was in love with Juliet. So he wound up getting killed rather horribly. So uh, that's... <laughs> That's it for the big, uh, the big guys walking through. Uh, uh, Brett Cullen uh, ending that.
1: I do want to point something out in the movie. You see them looking at the, the the the, uh, the Time Life uh, the Life uh, the, the Time Magazine yeah. mag yeah the Time Magazine Men of the Year. In our museum, we actually now own the 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 print of that. I mean the original. Oh, really? The original. The, well, The original and the original machine that printed it. The the printing wow. press part. Uh, Frank was it was given to Frank and Frank uh, gave it to us. So we actually have that actual the real uh, one here in the museum now.
2: Wow. Well, and they did and such a nice job with the movie version, too. Of Yeah. You know,
1: and it's you know, real Frank and
0: real Bill Anders and real Tom Frank, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's an amazing, very, you know, iconic picture of the time. I mean, the, the fact that the men of the year for 1968 were Apollo astronauts. Um, um, they saved the, 1968. Yeah, yeah. To to the right of it, you see a uh, a a poster of the Admiral of the Great State of Nebraska. That's a real thing. It's like being a Kentucky Colonel. The uh, Nebraska Admiral is Nebraska's highest civilian honor, and it's an honorary title bestowed on individuals really? by the approval of the Governor of Alaska of of Nebraska. The uh, the only triply landlocked U.S. state. <laughs> It's not a military rank. It requires no duties and carries with it no pay or compensation. Admirals have the option of joining the Nebraska Admirals Association, a nonprofit organization that promotes the good life of Nebraska.
2: I just found a, an, another item for my bucket list. There
0: you go. You so, got to be that. Yeah, it's, uh, there's,
2: there's nothing to do and no pay. I'm in.
0: Yeah, it's on the uh, on the bottom of it. It's the declaration says that I, the Governor of Nebraska, Nebraska, do strictly charge and require all officers, seamen, tadpoles, and goldfish under your command to be obedient <laughs> to your orders as Admiral, and you are to observe and follow from time to time such directions as you shall receive according to the rules and disciplines of the Great Navy of the State of, Alaska, of Nebraska.
2: Is there only one at a time, or like only one per year, or?
0: It's uh, no, you they, they. Oh, let's see. Uh, commissions in the Nebraska Navy have always been given to prominent citizens, both inside and outside of Nebraska. However, anyone can request to be nominated as long as he and she has, quote, contributed in some way to the state, promoted the good life in Nebraska, and warrant recognition as determined by the governor.
2: I may have driven through Nebraska, and I don't believe I've ever said anything bad about it.
0: There you go. Right. Well, now you got to get your application in. I mean, if you know somebody, somebody up there. Um, I do buy a lot of Omaha steaks, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> here is that. Anyway, I'm, I'm here to say that we are we are definitely promoting the good life in Nebraska. So <laughs> wants to Amen to that. We're ready for that. Here's so, to the uh, Cornhuskers. Quite, quite a thing. And I guess uh, if we do uh, if we do have the honor of having a uh, Jim Lovell on our show, I really got to ask him about that <laughs> being an admiral in Nebraska.
2: And um, ask so him but, if his kid ever got that haircut.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a long summer that yeah. that year. Uh, <laughs> all that wood that great wood paneling huh? which would probably be uh covered over with a good good solid uh drywall by now and uh updated <laughs> by <laughs> a sort of put. but, but uh, a great minute a great a very hollywood minute following uh, a very space minute but uh we'll be uh we'll be talking more about uh, some of the other pictures and paintings on the wall um, Hal, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate having you on. We will we'll probably have you back on in later minutes as as events warrant. I uh,
2: I certainly hope so. It's always a pleasure, and it's uh, and aside from the uh, the awkward uh, you know ex husband new wife uh, dynamic we have going on here, <laughs> it's uh, it's been uh, it's been a real pleasure. Wow. Well, You've we'll been nothing but us a gentleman, you, Jim. That's
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and I hope you two were very happy together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Jim, have uh, we told you about seeing the
2: sunrise yet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you've got to ask about that.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: Okay, Ivan. Well, uh, we will uh, <laughs> we will pick some more of this up tomorrow, but, uh, but it's been great. If if, uh, if you've missed the first two episodes, uh, folks, you've got to get back and listen to them. They're available always at uh, Apollo13minute.com, just the Apollo13minute.com. Uh, you can find us also on uh, iTunes and Google Play or wherever you pick up your uh, – wherever you're listening to this, go back, and you'll probably find more of them. So uh, go check those out. Please sign up. If you do go to iTunes, please leave us a great review because the more people leave good reviews, the more people will find out about our wonderful show. And we're just getting started here. So uh, check back with us here as we uh, as we look forward to Thursday here on the Apollo 13 Minute. Coming up on uh, Lost the Signal in 30 seconds, and we'll see you here tomorrow on the Apollo 13 Minute.